People deluded, I'm back again. Good morning and I hope you're doing well and safe. Welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast, the DG Podcast, the People's Podcast, the Really and Truly Podcast. As I said, good morning because I'm over here in the UK doing this early morning on this Friday. While it's morning here, good morning, good afternoon, good evening and of course good night. I always get confused as to whether I'm doing YouTube or speaking on a podcast. Like I said, welcome, you know, this is, you know... I want to say it's the last one of the season, quote unquote, because of the Premier League, but it's not. You know, I'll be here next week and we'll see how long we have things to talk about. You not know, the only time I don't bring out a podcast is if I feel I have nothing to talk about. And that's probably been on a three, maybe four max occasions this season. Other than that, we've had stuff and we're going to have stuff. So, and on top of that, people, I know I'm always saying this, but it's been a long season as an Arsenal fan. It's been a long season for any football fan. It's been a long season with everyone's personal stuff going on. So, I would first and foremost say thank you very much for your continued support or the support you've given me throughout the season. Whenever you've come on board, it means a lot, people. And I've always said, I'm not just saying this for lip service, the podcast, it might not be my most heavily viewed or known content, but it's probably the content excluding talking about youth players and stuff like that that I enjoy the most because I speak about football from a neutral point of view. We talk about some neutral topics and I just like it, people, man, you know, um, I just like it. So, yeah, man, it's early in the morning, which is probably why without fail, I'm here yawning all the time on these podcasts. Maybe there'll be different people. But yeah, the Premier League is coming to a close. It is what it is, people. You know, I've seen my team win four in a row now. You know, we did what we needed to do um, in our latest game against Crystal Palace. You know, it's a bit mad. We had one shot on target in, since the fifth, 34th, 34th minute, 35th minute, apologies. I had to think there, you know, minute 70, Arsenal have had one shot on target, which was that one goal that Tierney and Saka expertly created for Pepe, um, indiv- relying on individual moments. And obviously, that was, that's the theme of the game. And I think the Crystal Palace game summed up Arsenal's season, relying on individual moments, looking a bit nervous when you're met with any bit of hardship when we conceded, making games harder than it needs to be, not building upon it. Um, obviously VAR is quite disgraceful I did a video of course there's been decisions that have been favourable to Arsenal and if they were the right decisions they were the right ones if they were the wrong ones I don't care if Arsenal benefited they shouldn't have happened I've got no beef with VAR I've got beef with how it's being used I said this in a live stream people but they're not going to stop until an Arsenal player's legs broken and for me I know VAR wasn't around at the time but it's it's the same rhetoric and the same language behind my club that saw Aaron Ramsey get his leg bust the RB get his leg bust Edu get his leg Eduardo apologies get his leg bust and similar incidences people you know football is going to the fugs you've got to protect these players I'm, I'm not just Arsenal you know you're going to lose the, 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 the attacking skillful players if you do not protect them and for me I'm having a tough time there was no I don't think Slup, Jeffrey Slup intentionally tried to hurt anyone but in this game a year ago Aubameyang sent off for that you know I've watched us a couple of times Mane and, and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold um on Tini and Saka respectively you know there's been numerous incidences and all I'm I'm not seeing trying to put my club against another or say we're hard done by whatever because I think Arsenal fans do moan a lot and cry about decisions that aren't a thing David Luiz being sent off I'm just trying to find consistency it's not making any sense you know Ben Teke again do I think that's a red card no but when other people have lashed out quote unquote they've been sent off so why is it one rule for Arsenal and the rule for a next one same way as much as, like I said, FVAR, all the people using it, they make it up as they go along, in my humble opinion. Um, 
as an Arsenal fan, I don't sit here and, and say decisions. I don't, I've never believed decisions are the reason we've won, we've, we've won or lost the game. Of course, there's probably been incidences, but like I said, that would have been a couple of minutes flashpoints. The other minutes of the game, there's still many talking points, and I feel that's the. I feel when your manager does that at times as well, you're in problems. It's like we've all played Sunday League. As much as I'm criticising VAR, we'll all talk, play to the whistle. Any of you that have played Sunday League or played grassroots football, you know, whether your dad's coached you, what's one of the first lessons? Play to the backside whistle. You expect... I, I grew up on expecting refs to be poor. So, and, and them things, they're expecting decisions to go against your way. The little variables that you can control, you make sure that's a thing. That being said, I'm absolutely appalled with the level of VAR. Not just for Arsenal. How many times have we watched the game and... There's an incident in one, in one, and then in the other, it's the identical one. And then we hear these these retired refs try and give us a, a, a half span story. Even the, the the penalty against Leicester, I'm not saying. I mean, penalty, yeah, penalty against Leicester for Chelsea for Fofana. I'm not saying that's not a pen, but that looks a softer penalty than that, and that's actually given than the one that wasn't. So I'm trying to seek consistency. But obviously, people, as I said, you know, it's been a decent week in terms of football. It comes to a head on Sunday. I'm not going to sit here and cap people. As an Arsenal fan, I'll probably be here in a few months crying about the same things, stressing about the same things. But I'm looking forward to the end of the season, man. I am. It's been a tough season, to put it nicely. It's not, I don't even think it's ever, I don't even think we've had any moments of a good season. You know, obviously, we've won four in a row right now. There was a bit just after December where we did our thing, but. It ain't really been a nice season. I've still had, I've literally had the same concerns from Leicester. Was it Leicester or West Ham in the second game? I'm sure it was West Ham or Leicester. One of those where I think Eddie saved us. I think it was West Ham. We won 2-1. My concerns have been there. And these concerns with this team have been there. And, you know, we knew there was a lot of questions a year ago, but there's even more questions and answers with Arsenal Football Club. But I'm just looking forward to the silence that the season comes in. I, I, listen, I just want to enjoy speaking about, you know, Copa America, Euros, Europa League final, Champions League final. Just, you know, I've really... One thing I've liked this season is talking more neutral about football because there ain't really nothing to talk about with my club. But anyways, in terms of the midweek fixtures, people, as you lot know... You know, Cavani scored a goal of the season contender. Another decision where going with VAR again, I, I just think they said, you know what, that's an iconic goal, you know. We're going to need to put that, edit that into goals in years to come, you know, five years from now when it's Manchester Derby and, you know, you're having, you know, when they, you know the ones there where they got the segment of Rooney, bicycle kick, Berbatov this, Cristiano that, they're going to throw Cavani's one in there, do you get And that's a, I think they just thought about the legacy moments of the Premier League when they weren't trying to allow that goal because, again, that goal shouldn't have stood. I'm not complaining because wrong is wrong and, like I said, as a neutral, it shouldn't have stood. But, but it's a fantastic goal from Cavani. It's absolutely, you know, that. Lemayna's goal against us where they lost the game, you know, off the top of my head. There's probably a couple more, but their goal of the season contenders without a doubt, really, you know. But shameless plug, Pepe scored a few bangers. I'm 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 probably forcing it a bit, but <clears throat> slap him in there. But like I said, man, Man United won, Fulham one, Southampton nil, Leeds two, Brighton three, Manchester City two, Chelsea two, Leicester one, Everton won one nil against Wolves, Newcastle won by the same scoreline against Sheffield United, Spurs lost two goals to one against Aston Villa. To be fair with you, Regulon probably scored goal of the season in that game. 
Crystal Palace 1, Arsenal 3, Liverpool 3, Burnley 0, West Bromwich Albion lost a goal to 3 against West Ham 3-1. If we start with the Chelsea game, obviously get back, revenge is on the mind. You saw the scenes with Mason Mount. You know, I couldn't imagine Mason Mount hyping to a Marty. You're just hiding behind Thiago Silva, you know. He will crunch you in two. And it was a bit moist in my opinion. It's like, it, well... It, you're hyping and they've got the last laugh, really, anyways. But anyways, Chelsea got re quote-unquote revenge. I'd rather, I know I'd rather win a cup final than claim three points. But it is what it is, you know. Chelsea done what they did. I think Werner's the, the you know, Werner's got to be the most... Fofana was clumsy for the pen, but um, Werner's got to be the most unluckiest man on the planet, you know. Everything's going... Un I, not, when it doesn't go your way, it really doesn't. Everything was going against him in that game, from the offsides to everything and... I think it shows how desperate you have to be. Yeah. To, you know the balls hit your hand. That was one that wasn't... It, it adds to the moments and the segments of what's been Werner and being disallowed. It was quite funny, but it, it must be agonising. You know you're desperate. The way he celebrated, when you know it's hit your hand, like, man celebrated like he didn't know what he did, like like there's no VAR. That, he tried to do the scumbag thing. That shows how desperate the man is. Personally... You know, Werner's not playing bad, but ultimately he's brought to score goals, you know, really and truly. And one has to wonder what is going to happen in the summer with him, you know. Yeah, he does have the faith, in my opinion, of Thomas Tuchel, so he will be there next season. But you'd imagine, you know, you, Chelsea could save face, send him back to Germany and keep it moving with an next striker. But anyways, man, Chelsea did what they needed to do. Kelechi Iheanacho, I think, has scored on every day of the week, people. Um Rüdiger actually so showed Werner how to finish for that goal and obviously Jorginho, courtesy of a penalty given away from Fufana, made it, you know, grabbed the two goals for them really and truly. And in relation to Kelechi and Ndidi, it's another goal made in Nigeria. It's another goal between Wilfred Ndidi and Kelechi and actual sorry, he scored the goal. So yeah, Chelsea got a valuable three points. You know, they were at risk of dropping out of the top four. For Liverpool now, Liverpool, I mean, for Everton, man said Everton, for Leicester, sorry, they slipped to fourth at the time and now they're fifth because obviously Liverpool have done their job against Burnley. So much like last season, Leicester stand the chance of missing out just at the last hurdle where, yeah, they've won an FA Cup and things like that, but... Have they taken their foot off the gas at the wrong time? It did look a bit like that against Chelsea. It did look a bit like they were second best all over the park, really. Which, if Chelsea won the FA Cup, I think Leicester would have won that Premier League game just because I think, you know, both sets of teams would be in party mode, in my opinion. You know, for me, if I'm a Leicester player and I miss out the Champions League again at this final hurdle, I'd be quite upset because it would tell me that I, as an individual and us collectively, have not learned our lesson, people. But I, you know me, I'm a rattler by heart. I love the scenes between Chelsea and and Leicester at the closing stages of the game. I also like the little bit, uh, little bit of to and from in, in in after the game, and also in the press conference between Graham Potter and Pep Guardiola. Obviously, ten men Man City after Cancelo was sent off within ten minutes of the game lost, obviously. And to be fair, Brighton that that scares me because they're going to have every bit of confidence going into a game against Arsenal, where nine times out of ten they play quite well against us, and of recent have been spoiling our day, people. It is what it is in, in, in that in that regard. It was quite the turnaround as well. Phil Foden gave Manchester City the lead before, you know, goals from Tossar, Webster, and of all people, Dan Byrne nicked it for them people, you know. So it is what it is in that regards. Firmly, apologies. While I said Phil Foden took the lead, again, I'm acting like I can't count people. Good. That would have made it 2-2. Let's not forget Gundogan's finish in the second minute. So it, life came pretty fast, if you remember that game, people at City. They took the lead and then eight minutes later, there's a red card and, you know, 
to throw it away in the in the last sec in the second half, I'm sure Pep Guardiola won't be happy, people, as they prepare not just to bring a close to the um, Premier League campaign, but obviously they've got 90 minutes in a European final to come, people, really and truly. Silly red for me for Cancelo for denying that goal scoring opportunity, people, and obviously bringing down Welbs in the fashion he did, people. But it is it is what it is, people. It really is what it is. You know, with that, people, for, for, for Brighton, they've ended Manchester City's record run of 12 straight Premier League away wins. And with that, they climbed to 15th. So big up Brighton. They did what they needed to do. Um, so, yeah, Chelsea won, City won. Also, Leeds United won, people. Patrick Bamford and Tyler Roberts. Tyler Roberts, who I think there's a lot to improve, but I think he works hard. I think there's something. Something just tells me, as I don't know as if you can rely on him, but something just tells me he's calm, like you can work with him, and he doesn't score too many. So, it's nice to see him score. Leeds go marching on, and they capitalise on, on Southampton peeing around, really and truly. Like I said, Bamford and Tyler Roberts in the last 20-odd minutes of the game. Nicked it for um for, for Leeds away from home people. So yeah, they did what they, they needed to do, people. That's Leeds United straight third straight victory and they've climbed to eighth people. Obviously that keeps them in a chance of um fighting for European football and things like that. Sadly they played that Kiko Castello in goal, he was a racist, and you know, I wish the worst on racists, of course. But yeah, shout out to Leeds. They got their tenth away win of the campaign, people, which is a club record in the Premier League. It takes them to fifty six points and obviously at this moment in time they're three behind Spurs and West Ham United. And again it goes to the last day. For Southampton, they're forty three points they say on fourteenth and They've had a mixed season. They've had some ups and downs, you know, <laughs> to put it nicely. They've come a long way. To be fair, relegation looked on the cards for Southampton when they got hit by, you know, they've been hit by some serious cricket scores by Man United and Leicester, I'm sure, this season. It's been a long season, ain't it, people? So it is what it is in that regards. West Ham United doing what they need to do again. Jesse Lingard back in, back in top form in the game, I felt. Grabbed an assist late on for Mikel Antonio. Ben Rama is doing his thing. Cresswell doing his thing. Suchek just cannot stop scoring. Neither can Mateus Pereira. So the FPL people, if you played your cards right, you'd have been eating in that game. Late goals from Obana and Mikel Antonio obviously saw them snatch it, people. And the, and the scoreline does get flattered a bit. I did think West Brom tried. did think they threw themselves around. But ultimately, they showed probably why they were going down to the championship. And it didn't start well for West Ham. You know, Declan Rice sadly missed the penalty. But all that matters is winning the game people really and truly it could have been worse and it shows great character to miss a penalty go behind and turn it around people um, really and truly so they did what they needed to do West Ham um, with that obviously West Ham only need a point at home to Southampton on Sunday to guarantee that they finish in the top six which obviously would confirm Europa League and a great season for David Moyes' men people so we'll see how that one goes obviously Manchester United versus Fulham it's some that game summed up Manchester United you know obviously they can be a bit of a mixed bag in that they can play good football, they can score good goals, they can be unstoppable, but sometimes they just, you know, throughout the whole season, you've seen them concede cheap goals. They might concede a cheap goal early, concede a cheap goal late, just cheap, cheap goals, and you know. And until they get that out of them, they're not going to go to where Man United need to go to because really they should have wiped the floor with, with, with Fulham. I felt in the first half, anyways, they should have put the game to bed. You know, South, I mean, not Southampton, Fulham weren't, 
weren't pussycats. They were trying, you know. They were Bobby Reed putting himself around, you know, one of the best in the Prem, Jamaican international. But I just felt they should have shut, shut up shop and United did have chance after chance to kind of do that. When you don't do that, you're always taking the risk. 15 minutes from time or 14 minutes from time, Joe Bryant scores. I did think United, and, and I was watching it with my United brethren as well, and he was saying, this is our team. The more we have chances and don't score, the more you're kind of shook that what happens, happens, people, you know. Obviously, Man United, a bit like Arsenal, they're not clinical like that because they had six shots on target. Um, and But, but no, sorry, they had 13 shots, six shots on target. Fulham, we were the underdogs, five shots on target, and they had eight. Obviously, you don't shoot, you don't score, but if you don't hit the target, you cannot score, people, really and truly. I'm happy that somehow Bruno Fernandes, even though he didn't touch the ball, has been credited for the, for the assist, which surely would rule the goal out because um, he's offside. But it is what it is, people. I'm not going to lie to you, you know. It is what it is. Wan-Bissaka needs to switch on. You know, that, that goal conceded. It's not just directly his fault, but he switches off in a lot of those scenarios, I feel. Um, so it's 1-1, one, one, and obviously United are going to get Champions League football, but it's got to be disappointing for them as uh, as to dropping two points and obviously not scoring. Um, not not scoring more and obviously Adam Oda-Lookman and Carvalho would deny two chances to go ahead you know De Gea did pop off some good saves and I don't know where United fans are at with the Dean Henderson De Gea stuff because it looked like one's out of favour the other one's not both are in favour both are out of favour I don't know because I'm sure when De Gea plays the way he's been playing he shows what he's on but Many people, I, I've said he should have been moved on. There's question marks over Henderson, really, you know, this season, in my opinion, when he has played, even though I rate him as a keeper. But, you know, I'll share with the Spurs. And for Fulham, I think they deserve it, man, because I think there's been times where they've played well and not got no, nothing out of the game. You know, I look at Man United at Craven Cottage against them. I look at Chelsea at Craven Cottage. I look at City away for Fulham. There's been times where they've held it up. It's just, obviously, the fine margins just haven't been in their favour. Now, Liverpool did what they needed to do against against Burnley to do what they needed to do to make sure they're in the Champions League, really and truly. I mean, if Leicester don't get Champions League and Liverpool do, not so, obviously, we know Liverpool have had a bad season and we know that would be disappointing for Le Leicester, but it would flip the narratives on its head, no? Because, again, you know, what do you then ask of Brendan Rodgers then? You know, second season, he's failed to do such. But it would... I don't want to go as far as... It's not. It's outrageous to say this is getting top four with what's happened to Liverpool is as big or bigger than winning the league. It's not. But it is a feat, in it? It's not a feat that you're going to remember. But if Liverpool do confirm top four, then... You know, it's been a disastrous season, but it could have been a lot worse, man. There's been the prospect of no European football, Europa League, and at least you get into the Champions League and all the finances that that brings. But good goal from Oxlade Chamberlain. You know, Nat Phillips deserves a header. He has he's had a bit of a couple mixed bags this season, and obviously Firmino, Bobby Firmino can't stop scoring. Sadio Mane grabbed an assist. Robertson got a got two assists. They handled their business. You know, they did get a goal before half time, and then they added two more in the end. People. Burnley never looked in it, in my opinion. Obviously, Chris Wood had a chance for Burnley and bottled it. And then other that, for me, you know, there was... Burnley did half from puff and there was half chances. But I just feel Liverpool was, didn't look... As a neutral, Liverpool didn't look like they were going to lose these people. Liverpool are finding form at the right time because that's now a fourth win in a row. That slaps them on 66 points, people. They've gone ahead of Liverpool, Leicester City on goal difference. They're a point behind Chelsea. So, again, if Chelsea don't even do their job... 
they can leapfrog them people. Now, if we go into Arsenal versus Crystal Palace, Arsenal have won four games in a row, people. It's a madness. It's ridiculous. I cannot believe it. You know, we know Arsenal are better away from home. We won 3-1. Pepe Dino grabbed two goals. Um, Saka and Tini were involved, of course. Um, you know, it is what it is, people. Um, Odegaard off the bench got an assist, but it tells me, again, that game, as I said at the start, it sums up our season. Moments of individual brilliance. All them goals were amazing, people. But them sort of chance creations or moments are too far and beyond. Then we won this game. There's been games we've drawn, games we've lost. Like we, No matter what, Arsenal have been consistent in the inconsistencies. And for me, I see the same things regardless of the, of, of the result. Four wins in a row. Just a damn right to win these games, it means nothing, but I'm happy. Obviously, I'm happy to, to kind of spoil Roy Hudson's day in, in that he's calling it a day at Crystal Palace after this. Um, it's nice to win. The scoreline flatters us because we know we grabbed them two goals at the end of the game, you know. Lovely moment for the last goal from Pepe. You know, they just invited him and he's just done the business. Lovely play from Odegaard, you know, sub find, found sub in Martinelli. The subs did kind of change the game, but it flatters us, you know, with lack of shots, lack of chance creation. I felt... When, we, when, when Crystal Palace did score, which I know VAR, and I'm not going to go over it again, VAR played a part, you knew they were going to score from a set piece. You knew they were either going to drive it to the back post or float it. And it's, it's, it's these sort of naiveties or going into games with naiveties like such as to why Arsenal's at where we're at. I did feel when they scored, that was probably the bit I'm most angry about because we looked scared, we looked nervous. And again, you're Premier League footballers. There's going to be times you go a goal behind or you, you, you could see an equaliser. And it's just... It looked like it could go two ways. Fortunately for us, we won. It looked like they could have grabbed the second third and there was a little bit of a brain fart. And, and with our players, a lot of them, even the new recruits, you've got to keep that quality throughout minute 90. There's no good being great for 85 minutes and having a five-minute spell where everything's terrible. But other than that, you know, by our standards this season, we did what we needed to do. I think we started fast. I think we knocked the ball around OK. You know, I think Chambers did well against Zaha, had a very good job. Once again, how Slop's not sent off, I don't know. I think Gabriel was decent. I think Holding was decent. It's probably gone under the radar, but Leno made a couple big saves. You know, Bamian was anonymous in that regards. Tini and Saka did what they needed to do. Pepe goes from strength to strength and... You know, for Arteta, it'd be nice if you bet on Martinelli and Pepe. The guys that you probably feel are too risky, they're saving your life. Where the guys you've put your faith in, the steady eddies, they're not steady eddies. They're just clumsy. Um, but yeah, man, we react on, on a neutral basis, I guess we reacted from that disappointment of conceding an equaliser. We never stopped believing and we fought to the end, really and truly, man. We did what we needed to do. Um, obviously, that's a seventh unbeat. That's a seventh London derby where I'm beating in, and it moves us above Leeds to ninth place, people. That puts us a point behind Spurs and Everton. For Leicester, for for Palace, sorry, they still remain 13th with 44 points. So yeah, it was decent. Pepe double. It adds to the end of the season statistics. Can't complain. Now, Aston Villa, Grealish back. They did what they needed to do. They won two goals to one against Spurs, and I thought personally they should have. Scored a lot more in that second half. Now I gave our, I gave Tottenham the lead, people. Burge right and that terrific strike in the eighth minute from Burge right. And it looked like you know Spurs are going to do a madness, and then you know an even better goal than that was also scored by a Tottenham player, Regulon. I don't know what he's doing personally. I'm no expert, but you could see it's all wrong. He swiped at it. He's tried to volley it, and it's terrible. You can't get at Loris because Loris is not expecting that nonsense really and truly. Like it's absolutely calam. Like he needs to use. The, the 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 base of his foot, if that makes sense, like the instep, if that makes sense, and just guide that back the way it came from. Or 
you know, he's Spanish, he's a technical footballer. Maybe if someone shouts time, it wouldn't be advised, but you even had time to control it, you know. You even had time to just, it would have been awkward, but send it back with your left foot. Whatever he, Regulon's doing, I don't know. People said he was the, one of the best signings of the summer. People said he's better than Kieran Tini. Man, allow it. Allow it. You never see Tini go out like that. Even in Tini's bad games, you never see him doing calamities like that. But it's a madness. And what I always sit here and I tell you, look, sometimes as a footballer, you have to forgive yourself for making a mistake. You have to be like, well, it's happened now, innit? It's going to be on the on the blogs and all of that and getting that headspace. It looked like, and, and, and when you don't do that, again, whether you've played Sunday League or Premier League, you have them players who they're thinking about that mistake. They either curl into a ball or you're chasing the mistake. And what I mean by that is you've made a mistake. So you're trying too hard to have a good game, trying too hard to, 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 to flip your fortunes. And I think that's what was going on with Rigoul. And after that, passing just looked to shamble. And equally as bad as the goal, bro. He's, I'd say, Aston Villa are playing with twelve players today, really and truly. Spurs playing with ten men because, you know, it is terrible play from Hoiberg to give the ball to Regulon in that angle. But Regulon's lost the ball carelessly again, and Aston Villa have just made it happen. You know, they've handed them goals to Aston Villa. I'm sure they won't care. Ollie Watkins, I won't care because you and Patrick Bamford are in my FPL team, so I'm eating good today. You know. It is well. It is. I don't know why he doesn't play Ndombele. You know, Ndombele is coming on when it's too late, bro. Fifteen minutes or whatever, man. Like he's dead. It's absolutely dead. Um, I don't know if Ryan Mason is gonna keep the job. I don't think he should. But it's just terrible, man. You know, Spurs need Spurs need a bit better. I'm sorry, but you know, you can't be going into games with Deli Ali, Hoiberg, and Winks. It's gonna be dead. Like it's gonna be dead. You know, you don't need Winks and Hoiberg in a game against Aston Villa with respect. You know, absolute terrible. And like I said, Villa could have scored a lot more. I'm sure McGinn hit the post. Sec first half, you know, like against Leeds in the first half against Spurs. They had Spurs on the ropes, man. Apart only Spurs won the first ten minutes, and then after that, it just turned into a calamity. But Aston Villa done their thing. Shout out to Martinez who also made a big save. So yeah, Aston Villa two, Spurs one. In relation to Newcastle against Sheffield United, you know, Joe Willock's been making history and he's made more history, you know. After scoring and giving them the 1-0 victory and the three points, he um, scored the only goal, as you know, people, at Sheffield United. Um, but he's also the youngest player to score in six consecutive matches, people. Obviously, when he headed home, Jacob Murphy's cross people. I'm sure that should say seven games. It's six, seven games for true, but I'm not going to go against the statistics I found. So, yeah, people, like I said, Everton won, Wolves nil. Live, um, Newcastle won, Sheffield United won, Liverpool 3, Burnley 0, Arsenal 3, Palace 1, Aston Villa 2, Spurs 1, West Ham 3, West Bromwich Albion 1, 1-1 one, one between Manchester United and Fulham, 2-0 to Southampton, 3-2 to Brighton against Manchester City, 2-1 against Leicester to Chelsea, so that's the Premier League in relation to the action to come folks. Let's see what we have. It's the last day of the season where I'm happy. I won't know, know if I'm going to be happy because, again, it's Arsenal versus Brighton at home this time. Now, Arsenal versus Brighton, for me, is a bit like playing Crystal Palace. I know we won that. It scares me. 
and Graham Potter's men are going to be full of confidence after winning 3-2 against Manchester City. Obviously, Danny Welbeck probably like what he did for Watford, probably wants to score against us. You've got Villa versus Chelsea as well, people, which should be an interesting game. You know, you've got every game at the same time. You've got Aston Villa, Chelsea. Chelsea, you know, if you win, you, you make sure you're in that top four. You've got Fulham versus Newcastle. Hopefully, Joe Willett can score Newcastle. I'd, I mean... For Fulham, I'd say just enjoy it because you're not. Some of you may never play in the Premier League again. Just enjoy it. You've got Leeds against West Bromwich Albion, two promoted sides, one staying in the league, one's going. Like I said with Fulham, make sure you enjoy it. And obviously the same for Sheffield United against Burnley. Tasty match as you've got Manchester City against Everton. You've actually got Liverpool Crystal Palace. I wouldn't sleep on that. That's a tasty game. You've got Leicester versus Spurs where again. That's a tasty one, people. Spurs, people are breathing down their necks. Leicester, you can get Champions League or you couldn't. It's all down to you in these 90 minutes, people. It's crazy. You've got West Ham against Southampton. You've got Wolves welcoming Manchester United. So that's the end of the Premier League season. I can't lie. I can't wait, people. If we look at some other news as well, folks, people, Benzema is back in the France team, which is needed. You know, he should have a World Cup winner's medal. Let's see. I, I want to say hopefully, because if England don't win, of course, I wouldn't mind France winning. You know, hopefully they can claim the Euros because Skengzema needs it. Benzema's back. He said that him and Deschamps and everyone have blessed the beef and come to an understanding. They've realised that Benzema's form and ability is undeniable. You need him really and truly. And again, when you've got him, Giroud can't offer nothing apart from coming off the bench. He does everything Giroud does. There's nothing Giroud does better than him. And it might be a bit awkward when, you know, Giroud's actually a good teammate to have for the Griezmanns, Dembele's and Mbappe's. But when you see Mbappe posting tweets, when you hear Benzema describing himself as F1 and you as a, as a goal cart, it's crazy, people. So I have to see. Sam Allardyce, you know, again, he's, he's never going to stay for the rebuild at West Bromwich Albion and he's given the excuses. He's ran away, probably wants a Premier League job this time next year. He has stepped down as West Bromwich Albion manager. Apparently, Raul Jimenez is in full contact training at Wolves. Again, I saw that on The Athletic. So, shout out to him because we all know he had a proper problem in relation to getting hurt. Um, Steven Gerrard, Dennis Bergkamp and Frank Lampard have been inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame. Shout out to them because they all deserve it. I'm, I'm going to be a bit sour. I can't lie. How does Gerrard get there before Vieira? Because for me, Vieira is better than him. Big up Gerrard. You know, and I don't think that's a crazy shout. And it shows the problems if people do. My man ain't won the Premier League. How can he get in there before it? I'm being a bit sour because I can't understand how Tony Adams and Vieira ain't there. But on a serious note, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Dennis Bergkamp, to, to call them hallmarks and trailblazers and icons of the Premier League, this isn't doing any of them service. Whether you're a Chelsea, you're a football fan, you know what Gerrard has, you know. You, you admire what Gerrard's given. You admire what Lampard's given. You admire what Dennis Bergkamp has given. You know, when it's all said and done, we can have a laugh in the game and Lampard versus Gerrard, then Vieira this and Henri Thierry this and um, Rude that. At some point, fans recognise real football contributions in it. And it's Frank Lampard's, Tony Adams, Steven Gerrard's, Dennis Bergkamp, Patrick Vieira, you know, Thierry Henry. You get it? You know, there's bare of them, you know. Even in present day, there's a lot of modern legends. You get it? Paul Scholes, if he's not there, then there's a problem. Um, you get it? Like, there's many legends there. So, you'd probably see a lot more be introduced. Um, I don't want it to be because of sadly what he did with Anton Ferdinand, but you'd have to say John Terry as well, unfortunately, people. On obviously as well, people, 
you know, it's been a fantastic year for Ruben Diaz. You know, few would want, you know, few can have a better year at a club. You know, you're in two finals. You know, you've won one. You've played in, you know, you're about to play the other Champions League. Many people can't even get to the semi-finals of that. You know, you've won the Premier League. And now you've just been crowned Football Writers Association, FWA Footballer of the Year for 2020, 2021. And considering, you know, let's be honest, you're in the Man City team where the current game, it doesn't really respect defending. The honours go to the two attackers. You know, you could look at Phil Foden, Mahrez, this guy, that guy, Gundogan. So to get it shows even more, but he's been a linchpin, you know. He's arguably been, in fact, he has been as important. And again, the Champions League isn't relevant, but you see what he's done in the champs as well and held it up. And truly a prem a great footballer and he's only going to get better. He's still a young man in footballing terms, Ruben Diaz. And fantastic signing and fully deserved what he's doing, people. Obviously, you know, Man City have ironically been linked with Harry Kane. I'm sure it's going to take... A heavy heart for Harry Kane um, to depart the club. But he's been speaking and we'll have to see what happens this summer between Tottenham, Harry Kane and Daniel Levy. But if you allow me to, to get the comments, people, um, one second, I've copied and pasted them. So you need to find it. The key parts, he said, I never said I'd stay at Spurs for the rest of my career. And I never said I'd leave Spurs. So again, everything's on the cards. He probably doesn't want to burn his Spurs bridges, but something's going to have to give. I don't think you can blame Harry Kane if he does choose to leave because, you know, the football career is short. He's approaching 30, winning golden boots and top boots and and, and record, being record goal scorer for, for, for Spurs and, and arguably chasing the Premier League. It's a lot, but there's no collective titles there. And Spurs are going to need a rebuild. I do think if you tell him that you're trying the thing, he might listen, but... He's got to follow Carl Walker, in my opinion. You're too good to be part of that now, really. And it, it, it's all falling down. You need a re whole rebuild. There's no players of, of your level. Well, it comes down to if people are going to put down the money in it. Because, again, if you're looking at a striker this year, you're looking at a Haaland or an Mbappe. Obviously, Mbappe's, con um, Mbappe's fee means probably City and these teams are not. Haaland is probably, whether he leaves this year or not, he's probably the one. You know, people might be looking, you've heard Lukaku and Latoura Martinez, but I think all of these teams, if you can't grab Haaland, then you get Kane because obviously I think Kane for a hundred odd million, maybe more, is a, is a no-brainer. It all comes down to how much Kane wants to leave because Spurs are not going to replace him. They're not. They're not going to be able to, um, really and truly. And I think he should probably leave. And I, I can't lie, you can imagine him having a conversation with Bell. Who better to ask than somebody who's, yeah, it's, he's come back to the lane. And, you know, I'm sure Spurs fans would prefer Kane to go to a Madrid and things like that, or a PSG where you've heard apparently Poch has made contact, but these are all rumours. He's probably asked Bell, when did you know it was time to leave, really and truly? And, and, it, and, it's, and, it, and it's facts, really. You know, he needs to keep it moving, in my opinion. And obviously... As an Arsenal fan, much as, as Harry Kane is as well, it'd be lovely to see. But again, a football career is short and you don't want to have regrets. Like for me, it's all good. Fun, you know, right now, Kane is a world-class player. He's a top-class player. He scores goals for fun, you know. So obviously, Spurs fans are going to love him. Yeah, he's one of our Rome and all of these things. But we've got to remember, it's a relationship of convenience, you know. If Harry Kane suddenly doesn't score for 20 games, I'm not saying they're not going to love him anymore. The energy changes. And you've seen that with a lot of players. Aubameyang, man are begging him to sign a new deal. Now they want him gone. My point being isn't to criticise Spurs or Arsenal fans or anybody. My point being, a footballer career is short. You've got to do what you want. Kane, you don't want to look back at 32, 35 where, you know, 
you're winding down your career. You haven't achieved anything at Spurs, but you've been one of their own. You've been a one club, man. You've been all of that, which the fans can respect. But is that your dream? And, you know, let's be real. When your legs start going, it's not going to matter if you're Harry Kane. You'll get a pat on the back. You'll get a thanks for the service. You'll get a, you know... A lap of honour. You might even get a one-year extension just to be part of the squad. You might get a, you know, you'll get a testimonial. But you look back in your career, is that what you want to do? You can't live for fans, you know. I'm sure first fans will still hold him in high regards. You can't not. But you also can't begrudge him for leaving. He's got to be ruthless. A career is short. If he believes he can win titles at Spurs, then fair play. But if not, he needs to keep it moving. He said, people might say he's desperate for trophies. He needs trophies. But I still feel like I've almost got another career to play. You should be desperate for trophies. Everyone should. And you did come into the, I don't want to say the game late, but you did come into Premier League football late, which makes it even more admirable what he's doing. Imagine he was one of those where he's come through an academy at 18 and he's just been in the first team ever since. He had the loans. It took him quite a while and quality always rises to the top. As you can see, people, um, he said, I've got seven, eight years kind of what I've already had in the Premier League. So I'm not rushing anything. I'm not desperate to do anything. And it's still early, people, you know, whether he joins. I would join City if I was Kane. I can't lie. If I was honestly Kane, I would have a conversation with my coach Pochettino. I'd want to try the abroad thing. I would want to keep my my sort of Spurs ties intact. I would want to try the 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 the, the, the the, the, the abroad thing so if you know if I could go with Poch you know Neymar signing a new deal I'm sure they're going to sign a couple other new players you're going to win a league title you know obviously we're going to look at it and say if you bring in Kane and you don't win Champions League PSG you're a bit fugazi but for him you're going to win a league title you might win the Cop de la France in fact saying that Poch has gone there and might not win, win the league um, this season so you're going to win that Obviously, Real Madrid is Real Madrid, you know. Just to say you've played for Real Madrid in your CV, how many men could say that? So I would want to do that. Apparently, Juventus are interested, you know. Italy could be a good destination. If he doesn't want to go there, then for me, if it's an English thing, apparently Chelsea are the one that have the most concrete interest. But we all remember when they tried to buy Luka Modric, it's going to be difficult. Saying that, both clubs were prepared to... to, to, to participate in negotiations when Rudiger and Christensen look to be out of Chelsea so maybe there's a willingness to do business between the two sides but them sort of players to a world-class player and strengthening direct rivals if you can say Chelsea and Spurs are rivals um probably not wise um so Chelsea apparently are the most on him but it's probably the most difficult I would consider Chelsea again they're in the Champions League final but for me I would go City you know all you need to do is ask Call up Kyle Walker, ask well, go on, see what they're doing, you know. And I don't know if you're Pep Guardiola's striker to a T, but they might not have a striker and they could do a lot worse. And you guarantee goals in the league and things like that and make them stronger, as do they make your case for league stronger. Obviously, Man United, it's not Man United of old, but at the end of the day, if he joined them within the last four years, five years, he would have had a Europa League title, would have had an FA Cup. Would have potentially... Am I going back far enough to Van Gaal days? Um, would have potentially done other things. So there's also that. You know, in many years, that's been the, the standard route. You know, the Berbatovs and things like that. So for me, City'd be the target. I would entertain Man United. Let's also for, not forget the wages as well. And I know Daniel Levy's always sorted him out nice and, and, and compensated him handsomely. There's a decision to make, man. For me, I don't know what my priorities would be. I would say Real Madrid... PSG, City, all of one level, one tier. I would say Chelsea United slightly below that if I was him, personally. But I'm not Harry Kane, so it's not relevant to me. Um, 
you know, it's not that his goals don't mean nothing, but you it, there must be nothing sweeter as a striker knowing your goals have correlated to, you know, trophies and things. That's not to say your contribution is more or less than anyone else's. He said, I've still got so much more to give and I can produce better numbers than I'm currently producing at the moment. Now, obviously, I and a lot of people are just going to look at it in terms of trophies. Kane wants to continuously improve. He's got that hunger, you know. Did, did he, I'm sure he felt it's Joe, and I'm sure he don't help, helped him. Let's be real. Playing under Jose, that is going to help you. Let's be real. You can say what you want about Jose and, and he's not real anymore. I mean, he's not the real Jose. He's not winning stuff. But let's be real. Jose Mourinho, Arsene Wenger, these legacy managers, uh, if you worked with them in a coaching session, you your, your mind would be blown. I think people underestimate that. If Kane still wants to improve, then for me, the only, on top of winning trophies, it's Manchester City. Because Pep's the sort of man, things that Kane thinks he's good at, Pep will probably show him, no, you're rubbish at it. Things you think you're excelling at, no, you can go a lot better. Things you think you're bad at, no, you're actually good at it, you know. Pep could probably say, listen, you don't know what player you could be. And I'm sure you look at Sterling, you look at Kevin, you look at Mahrez, you know, these players have probably improved to levels they can't agree with. So if he still thinks he can improve, and as he's gone on to say, you know, whether it happens or not, he wants to be at Messi and Ronaldo's level in terms of output, ability and scoring goals, who better to go and play under than Pep Guardiola? Surely, you know, because then trophies become secondary. You know, if you want to improve... Who is chatting to Pep Guardiola? Zidane can't chat to him. Poch can't chat to him in that regards. You know. Perlo can't chat to him. Thomas Tuchel can't chat to him. And I'm not saying these guys can't improve him. I'm just saying, just based on that, the first choice for me is, is City then. Um, so, yeah, he still thinks he's got a lot to improve. Arts Kyle Walker as well. Again, he's probably got them man there in a WhatsApp group. You know, I'm sure Bale, they're speaking at training and that, you know. I'm not afraid to say I want to be the best. I want to try and get on that Ronaldo and Messi level Ronaldo and Messi got to. That's my ultimate goal, to be winning trophies season in, season out, scoring 50, 60, 70 goals season in, season out. The pressure for myself is always bigger than any anything anyone can put... Anything, sorry, people. It's bigger than anything anyone else can put on me. So it is what it is. He said. He also went on to say, I want to be playing in the biggest games. This season, I'm watching the Champions League and the English team's doing amazing. And they're the games I want to be involved in. <laughs> Music to Spurs fans is. It's a moment in my career where I have to reflect and see where I'm at. Ultimately, it's going to be down to me, how I feel and what's going to be best for me and my career. So he's going to have to push the belt. Levy ain't going to want to sell you willingly. You know, everyone can understand Spurs' Spurs's position and understand where Kane's position is as well. But something has to give. And at some point, he probably has to consider that, you know, it might not be that sort of fairy tale diff leaving where you can where you can say that where, you know, there's a lot of sympathy. You might have to force the boat and, uh, in that regards. And to be fair with you, if you want to play in them, you need to leave people really and truly. He's also said in relation to Levy, he's been great with me. He's always rewarded me with contracts. I signed a four or five year deal when I was 21, but I did well and he's added to that. So he's been fair with me. We've always had a good relationship. But you know, but you don't know what the chairman's thinking. He might want to sell me. He might be thinking, if I can get 100 million for you, then why not? I'm not going to be worth that for the next two or three years. I've given the club 16 years of my life. So I hope we can have a good, honest conversation and see where we're at. So make of that what you will, people. That show that tells me all options are on the are on the agenda and you cannot rule a damn thing out. You shouldn't rule anything out. So we'll have to see what happens in that regards, people. But 
yeah, man, in, re in that relation, I don't think I've got anything else to speak about, really. We've spoken about the Premier League. We previewed and reviewed. We've spoken about what we've seen with Harry Kane, with Benzema, with Sam Allardyce, with Jimenez, the Premier League Hall of Fame with Burkamp, Lampard and Gerrard, and Ruben Diaz winning the FWA Awards. And yeah, man, I'll be back here on Monday because everybody else is going to play on, on Sunday. So we'll be able to do the DG podcast Monday edition then obviously, and, and preview the Euro, Euro European finals. And then obviously on Friday, we'll have another podcast and then we'll take it from there, people. Obviously, the summer, there might be times where there's a lot of things to talk about, times where there isn't. But it is where it is. I also want to say once again, I said it at the start. Thank you very much for all the support you guys have given me throughout the season. And whenever you've come across my content, I really am appreciative. And um, please keep up the support. Please make sure you're following me on Apple, on Spotify, on Clubhouse, on the rest of it. Links are all in my description. You know, while I love Spotify, you know, if you only catch me here twice a week. I mean, I say Spotify, podcasting, you only catch me here twice a week. I'm near enough every day on YouTube. So, Deluded Guna on YouTube, hit that up, subscribe, comment, do what you can, like videos, do what you can for the engagement. More importantly than that, though, people, please stay safe, please stay well, and until we meet again, God bless, I'm out. Deluded.